Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sobriety Core Podcast, a collection of stories from people who happen to be sober. I'm your host, Kim Palumbo. Hey, everyone. For episode 24, I'm excited to be joined by Vasavi Kumar. Vasavi is on Instagram at HireVasavi, and you can find her at VasaviKumar.com. Hi, Vasavi. Hi, Kim. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so glad to be chatting with you. I know. I love all the work that you're doing. I love that you give a chance for people to really share their sobriety story. I think it's important that we we talk about it, you know, and um, totally talk about agree. It, stigmatize it and give people strength, courage, and hope to do the same and keep going. Absolutely. It helps me. And if it helps one other person, then that works for me. Vasavi, who are you? I love this question. Who I am, and I, I've thought about this, right? I'm 37, so I've, I've thought about this for many, many, many years. Who I am is a kind, loving, free-spirited, will take the shirt off my back for you, uh, loyal woman who just wants to see people free from their own mental and emotional suffering. That's who I am. What I do is I'm a licensed therapist and a mindset and a business coach. So I love this question, Kim, because it, it, forces, it forced me to have to not introduce myself as all the things that I do and all the things that I've mm-hmm. accomplished, because that's not who I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just sure. what I do. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So that's who I am. That, that's, who I, that's who I want to be every day. And, and that's, that's who I relate to myself as. What brought you to sobriety? Well, the first time or the second time, let me tell you about the first time. <laughs> you know, I, I joke and I say, uh, I'm a thorough learner. So I went to rehab not once but twice because I, I needed to learn the lesson a second time for, for, for me to really get it, get it right. And uh, when I say right, you know, have it stick with me. Uh, yeah. What brought me to sobriety was me thinking that I could manage my cocaine and alcohol use for four years and, you know, have it, you know, as as addiction is a is a progressive disease and it, it went from one day a week to five to six days a week what brought me to sobriety was uh being in an unhealthy codependent you know unhealthy and codependent they're kind of one in the same uh relationship with a guy who um i allowed in my life because i didn't realize that um i deserved more and i was so um dependent on outside people places and things for love and approval and um, that eventually led me to go to rehab the first time in October 2017. And what eventually brought me to sobriety and, and really have it stay and stick and, and really for me to, to realize that this is the life that I want to live because any other way is just pure destruction for me. Like I destroy myself and I destroy all the good things in my life. Um, I'm now a year and as we record this today, a year and one month and one day sober. So my sobriety date, yeah, March, March 26th. Uh, 2019. So what brought me to sobriety the second time around is I was so sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm -hmm. Like um, I had just gotten let go from my job here in Austin. I I run my own business as a a licensed therapy, uh, licensed therapist coach and mindset and business coach. But at that time I was a morning show um, co-host here in Austin, Texas. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. You're like, who the heck is this girl? Yeah. (laughs) 
I thought that, you know, I, I, listen, I love attention. Not going to lie. I'm the youngest of my family. I'm a daddy's girl. I've always been in front of the camera. And so I love being, I love the media. I love television. I love interviews like this. I, I love to use my voice for good. Okay. When I say attention, not just like, look at me, I'm a, right. I'm an Instagram influencer. Follow me. It's like, if, if I'm going to speak, I, I, I want to influence somebody to think differently and to do the right mm-hmm. thing for themselves. And so um, I was a morning show TV co-host for like a lifestyle show. And it was just like, you know, we were just fake happy at 7 a.m. And uh, mm-hmm. it was miserable, Kim. And I, um, I had stopped using cocaine at that time, but I was drinking Friday, Saturday. Every Friday, Saturday, like everybody else, like the rest of Americans who hate their jobs, <laughs> you know, they're <laughs> like, well, got, you know, got a drink. And yeah. um, I got let go from the job after six months and I went on a 10-day bender. And then my mom found out and she was like, you need to give me, you know, you know, I come from an immigrant household, a Indian immigrant household. So my mom was like, you need to give me a drug test. And I'm like, I am not going to give you a drug test. And we were fighting back and forth. And I just got tired, Kim. Mm. I was tired, like lying, having to put up this like facade. I was exhausted. And I just checked myself into rehab. I called my mother back and I said, I'm going to go back to rehab. And that was it. So Checked myself back into rehab uh, March 27th, 2019, and that's it. Walked into rehab, and I said, I walked into residential treatment, and I said to my counselor, uh, they all knew who I was because it was my second time there, and I said, just tell me what to do this time, and I'll do it. Promise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here I am. <laughs> yeah. I love the energy that you use to talk about your story. Thanks, Kim. Thanks. I got a lot of energy. I'm, I'm very passionate about... Uh, sharing my story to help others. That's, that's where that energy comes from. If, if one person listening to this, you know, we were talking about that. If, if yeah. one person can be, can be like, holy shit, like maybe I need to change something in my life or man, I relate to that. Mm-hmm. I, I need, you know, I'm, I'm going to ask for help. Cause the one thing that I really want anyone listening to hear is like, you are not small for asking for help. Right. There is nothing small or to be ashamed of for you asking for help. Had I not asked for help, had I not truly just put aside my pride, I wouldn't be where I am today. No mm-hmm. way. No way. Yeah. How do you stay sober? Oh God, so many things. Um, but I, I, I think the first thing that I do to stay sober, number one thing, and I, I actually posted a video about this on my IGTV about playing the tape out. I always play the tape out. Mm. I always, I'm like, I'm a very visual person. Um, if I can see it, then I believe it, then I feel it. And then I'm like, oh, either hell no or hell yes. And the other day, actually, it was a beautiful day in Austin. It's a beautiful day today. And so I had the thought because we all have the thought, right? We all have the thought and, and the occasional craving of (laughs) man. And all I wanted, Kim, I wanted a nice chill glass of rosé and I wanted to sit on a patio. That's what I wanted. I thought I had the thought of that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what I did instead of running to the store, getting the, getting the rosé and blah, blah, blah. I, it, I, I knew I wasn't going to go do that, but you asked me how I stay sober and this is what I do. I have a thought, right? I have a thought about maybe drinking. I have a thought about trying to score some, uh, you know, cocaine if I'm dealing with life. And, you know, it, the thought is not often at all. It's very far and few in between, but I play the tape out. I say, okay, boss, then what's going to happen? You get your bottle of rosé, then what's going to happen? You drink that first drink, you know you're going to feel instantly amazing, followed by instant guilt, followed Mm -hmm. by feeling instantly like, what the hell am I doing? Just regret. And I hate feeling regret because I've felt a lot of it in my life. So the first thing that I do to stay sober, Kim, is that I really do um, play the tape out. 
I always play it out. I visualize like, okay, then what, then what, then what, how is the story going to end? Mm-hmm. We always know when it goes, when it comes to our substances, when it comes to the alcohol, we know how that story is going to end. The ending is never going to be different ever. There's no such thing as I'm just going to have one glass and I'm just going to enjoy it with my pinky up in the air and I'm, it's going right. to be great. It's like, no, right. that no. has never happened before. <laughs> right. Never happened before. That is what, that is the definition of insanity, right? Right. So I play the tape out. I spend a lot of time in nature. I talk to the people in my life that I, I love and, and, and care about me and um, don't co-sign my BS. I don't know if you guys curse mm-hmm. on here, but I'm just going to say, you know. Yeah, you it, can say whatever you want. Yeah, people that don't co-sign my bullshit. Like, I don't have anybody in my life that if I say to them, like, you want to go get drunk? They're not going to be like, yeah, sure, let's do it. I have nobody in my life like that. Mm. And um, even one of your former guests, Grace, she's like, she's a perfect, you know, Grace Room that you interviewed. She's a perfect mm-hmm. example of somebody like, she's sober, I'm sober. Our conversations are so elevated. We have such mm. an elevated conversation. It's not about... Like, oh my God, I want to go out and get drunk. I want to go do this. It's like, no, we talk about other things because there's life beyond drinking. Right. <laughs> you get sober and you stay sober. It's like conversations become richer. You feel richer on the inside. Um, I have a lot of creative projects that I work on. As I said, I'm, I'm in business for myself. So I'm always creating content, working with my clients. I'm very lucky that I have a, have a business that I love that is in service of people and financially sustains me. So that's fun. I'm starting to tap more into my artsy side. I love to cook. Mm-hmm. I think I've probably rearranged every single room in the house. Like, <laughs> I, I, there, I don't have a piece of clutter in my house because I have you know, done that. But I, you know, honestly, Kim, because I'm so, you know, I'm still a baby in my recovery, right? A year is still a baby. I, right. I think like that's, that is still very infant, in, in, you know, in, in, a little bit infant because a year is a year. That's great. And I've had to, I self-quarantined you know, in this past year. So I, what mm-hmm. I did was essentially what I've learned, the, I learned the lesson what not to do from last time. So this, this last time in recovery, I quarantined myself. And so I learned how to be alone. I, it's easy for me. It's easier to stay sober for me this time because I learned how to be by myself yeah. and learning how to be by myself without having to reach to people, places, and things to fill the God-sized hole inside of me. And so I enjoy being alone. I enjoy being by myself. I never really get bored because the thoughts in my head keep me entertained, you know? So <laughs> I would say cultivate how I stayed sober, you know, all the things that I listed. But number one, first and foremost, was I developed a relationship with the most important person in my life, which is me. If you could sit down with Vasavi, your drinking self, what would you say to her? What are you so afraid of? Mm. And what are you running from? What are you so afraid of? What are you running from? What's, what's the worst thing that happens if you just sit still for a second? Instead of making that call to your Coke dealer, instead of rushing to the gas station to get a cheap-ass box of wine, what is the, like, what's going to happen if you just stay still for a second? Like, just pause, you know? What are you so terrified of? I have chills. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, that is that is a big question. It is. What what are you afraid of if you just stood still for a second? So much of addiction is just that fear of the next thought. Our mind is a very scary place, you know, 
addiction is a disease of the mind. And so that's why I'm so much like, guys, you've got to develop a relationship with your mind. If you don't, mm. your mind will control you. And I, I want to say this, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder when I was 20, and I was told mm -hmm. I had to be on medication for the rest of my life. I've been off medication now for five months, and I've never felt better, and I'm sober for, and I just want to say this to everyone listening, please do not get off medication without talking to you, <laughs> having a holistic plan, Vasavi is right. not here. Yeah, just right. want to make that clear. I made a very conscious decision. I was on medication for 17 years, 17 wow. years medication. 17 years, I believed the lies that the doctors told me that there was something wrong with me, that I was broken, that I'm going to, that I, I'm bipolar. And everyone has their own relationship to their mind. But what I will say this is that when you change the relationship, when you change the narrative, you tell yourself, you change your life. Hmm. It took me 17 years. I want to make that very clear. It took me 17 years to get off medication. It took me, you know, I mean, I started drinking when I was like 13, right? So it took me 24 years to finally become sober. So if you've just been put on medication, do not think you listen to this and say, you got to get off. I, everyone has their own path and journey. My sure. point is whether you're just starting to get sober or you're in the thick of it and you're like, what the hell am I doing this for? Just hang in there. And uh, it, it, it's not easy. It, the steps are simple, but it's not easy. If it was easy, alcohol sales wouldn't be going up by like 50, 60, 70% right now, right. right? Like it's not easy. It's not for the faint of heart. To, to the ability to not run from your mind is not for the faint of heart at all. You have to go through some shit to get to this point where you finally realize that drinking is the problem. Hmm. And the, the relationship that you have with your mind is the problem. Alcohol is just a symptom of that right? That's just how you deal with it. That's just a sexy band-aid, right? We go out, like you see all these, you know, you see like going out party, let's go get drinks. Let's go do this. Like the glamorization of alcohol. Like it's so fun. It's so sexy. No, it's not. You're numbing yourself. There's nothing sexy about that. Mm. There's nothing cool about that at all. So I would just say to my drinking self to slow down. It's going to be okay. You don't need to keep running. I am here. Mm. Yeah. If you think back on your journey, what has the relationship between pride and shame been and has that changed? Oh my God. That's a great question again. And 1000%. I have a huge ego and I have a lot of pride and I'm, I, I also carried a lot of shame. So has that mm -hmm. changed to answer your short answer? Yes. I, it had to change my thinking. I knew everything. My thinking that me thinking that like, oh, I don't need to do it this way. I don't need to do it that way. I'm going to do it Vasavi's way. Well, Vasavi's way wasn't working. For me, mm -hmm. I had to really just kind of buckle down and just be told what to do. And for me, that was very difficult, right? Because I'm so used to trying to complicate things. I overcome, you know, like, listen, I'm a 12-stepper. I also use a lot of holistic modalities to, to keep me sober, right? Like I do have mm -hmm. a sponsor. I did go to 90 meetings in 90 days. I have worked through the steps and that is, I did not put all my eggs in that basket. No <laughs> way. Because what I found was, I found that the conversation in a lot of the AA meetings that I went to was very problem focused. I was looking for something more. I, and you have to understand, I, I went through my sobriety journey later on in life. Like I was 30, 31 to 35, actually, 30, 36, like five years. I had to put aside my pride. I had to put aside my shame and I had to own my choices. I had to own that I did not know how to have a relationship with myself. I had to own that I allowed the people, places and things into my life. And I had to ask for help. The minute I asked for help and I put aside my 
oh, I got this handled or don't tell me I got it figured out. I actually started to grow as a person. Once I started to listen with open ears and stopped um, thinking that I knew everything, that's really when my, I, I believe my recovery began. So, you know, surrendering, sharing your story with somebody, whether it's a sponsor, whether it's a friend, you know, anyone, it, funny Kim because that has played a domino has had a domino effect in every area of my life when I got help for my addiction I have help for everything now mm-hmm. not in a like a damsel in a distressy kind of way you know what no, I mean? I do yeah, yeah. If, if I don't get something I'm not gonna sit there and break my head trying to figure it out I'll be like who knows the answer to this like I just <laughs> you know I'm a googler I will research I'm a I'm a hustler like I will figure it out and if I come up against a wall I'm like no problem I'm gonna reach out to this person and just ask like there's no pride like I I went through the most shameful, guilt-ridden period of my life, and I overcame that. I have no shame about anything at this right. point. You know? So Wow. Yeah. That is amazing. Thank you. I really that was that was really emphatic of you. I love it. It is. Well, it's a it's an amazing statement to say I have no shame about anything. Especially women and women who I mean, I think shame plays a huge role in addiction, regardless of how you identify. But, but the shame cycle is hard to move beyond. You know, in recovery, it's hard to move beyond an addiction, but it's also hard to move beyond on the other side. It is because we are guilt-ridden and we haven't let go fully from the past. So I, I, I want to give a pro tip to everybody, you know, who's That's on good. this That's good. I'm, I'm all ears. This is, this is, listen, this is what I said the other day. As long as I am not hurting myself, I am helping. I am healing. I am growing. So every day that you don't drink, every day that you don't pick up a substance, every day that you don't go back to that shitty ass ex, or every day that you assert that boundary, every day that you say no, every day that you um, do what feels good for you, rather than going back to toxic people and places and things, you are growing. So as long as you are growing, you have no reason to be holding on to your guilt and shame because you are moving forward. That's the way I see it. I'm not hurting myself. I'm not snorting Scarface lines of cocaine. I'm not drinking freaking cheap ass gas station wine. I am moving forward. I am having a better relationship with myself. I'm communicating healthily. I'm not being avoidant in my communication. I am being assertive. I have self-respect. I'm doing, I'm cultivating the daily habits that are good for me. I am doing the best that I freaking can. And as long as I don't pick up a drink, then I'm not using drugs and I am being honest with myself every single day, why the hell am I going to hold on to shame? Mm-hmm. I'm, that is far more than the rest of society. And not that, you know, not that we need to compare ourselves, but if you're going to compare yourself, really just look at who you were and who you are now. You are probably light years farther ahead than who you were a few months ago, even a few weeks ago. You know what I mean? So like, give yourself a little credit. That's how I see like, my wallpaper on my cell phone says, Vasavi, I'm proud of you. <laughs> because I, I need to hear that. I need, yeah. to, I need to know that. I right. need to hear that, you know? And I, only you can give that to yourself. So just remember, like, who you are today is so much more aware and, and healthy. And you're, you're trying to do the best that you can. And you're not running from your emotions. And you're not running from your feelings. Clients come to me for this. My friends are like, how do you have so much confidence? I go, it's because I don't run. Yeah. I don't need to pick up. I don't need to alter the state of my mind if I feel sad, if I feel happy. If it's a beautiful day, I don't need to go celebrate it by getting drunk. I can just be with it. When you can be with shit, Kim, like you're unfuckwithable. 
<laughs> no one can mess with you. You can't I think, mess with I think Pema uh, Chodron said that once. Oh, <laughs> you know what? I would love that if, if, that, if that was actually the case. I'd be like, okay. But, but, but seriously, like, you, you, if, you, if you yourself can sit through your emotions, no matter how torturous it is, and I wish I could paint a picture, but you guys know the feeling, right? If, if you're newly single, or just say you just got into a bad fight with a partner or a friend, and you can't reach for anything to numb you, and you feel worthless, and you feel like a loser. You know what, Kim? I'm going to share something. Just six months ago, I had $7 in my checking account. Talk about being from up here on the mountaintop when I was clearing 10000 in my business before I went to rehab, to having $7 in my checking account, and my mom and I had made a deal that she would financially take care of me in my first year of recovery. She's like, I don't want you to worry about working. I was very lucky to have that support system. I don't take that for granted. Just two months ago, I hit 11,000 in my business. I'm sharing this to say that regardless of whether I had $7 in my checking account to whether I cleared 11,000, the way I felt about myself did not change. Because I had to sit through having $7 in my bank account and not reach for alcohol, not yep. reach for drugs, not text that shitty ex, not do some shit to make me feel so. So when I, when I, like, when I went through my accounting uh, software, my QuickBooks, and I was like, holy shit, it didn't, I didn't even flinch. It didn't increase or decrease my self-esteem. Mm. I felt good regardless. And that's what I want people to hear is like, when you don't run from those feelings and you don't have to call somebody, numb somebody, eat something, do something. And you could just sit with it. Like I'm all for emotional eating, by the way, I might've just had two slices of deep dish pizza yesterday. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. I was conscious about it. <laughs> but my point is when you like, when you allow yourself to sit, like, you know, you do push-ups to have strong shoulders, arms, whatever, all this stuff you, and, that, and that's how you physically get strong. You get mentally, emotionally, and spiritually strong and tough and, 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 and develop that grit by sitting through your shit and mm. not doing shit and not doing anything about it. Just like yeah. let, let it wash through you, you know? Mm -hmm. And what you're saying is that's true on both sides of the coin, right? Whether, yeah. whether it's a shitty time or, or whether it's, it's a time that you historically might have, you know, celebrated this beautiful day by getting shit faced. It's, it doesn't matter what the feeling is at any point on the spectrum, sitting with just the feeling and not escaping from it in any capacity is, is how you get stronger. I love that you, uh, yeah, you, you said the thing that I did, I should have said, and I didn't. So I'm glad you filled in that gap about like, whether you're sitting through shitty feelings or whether you're celebrating, like when I hit one year of sobriety, March 26, 2020, I woke up and my sister called me, my mom called me and everyone's excited. And they're like, you don't sound happy. I go, I'm not unhappy. It's just another day though. It's just 24 hours. That's what I said. It's another day yeah. because now look, I mean, what? I'm going to have the next milestone of two years. It, there's always going to be something, right? There's always yeah. going to be more. That Addiction is the, is the disease of more. That's why you can't ever just have one drink. You yeah. want more. You're, 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 we're, our brains are wired that we always want more, more, more. It's never enough. So thank you for uh, uh, saying that missing piece was like, whether it's like, it's a beautiful day. Let's go out and get mm -hmm. drunk. Or it's a beautiful, you know, what's so funny. I'm so glad you said that the other day. I no, this was like a month ago. It was a beautiful day. And I was like, it's a beautiful day. I want to get a, I want to get a huge cupcake and iced coffee. And I was like, and it's fine. Listen, a cupcake, cocaine, which is better. We know That's a cupcake right. is better. But I thought to myself, 
I just wanted to question myself for a second. Right. And did I get the cupcake? I did. I will tell you that. I did. It was amazing. It's called the James Brown. It's chocolate on chocolate. It's fantastic. Okay. Uh, Sugar Mamas, shout out out to Austin, Texas, Sugar Mamas. But what I said to myself was this is like, why can't I just enjoy the good day? Why does it have to be tied to something else? Why can't the good day just be the good day? Why does it have to be tied to an iced coffee and a cupcake? I just was curious about that thought. You know what I mean? Like, it's just- I do. Yeah. But I mean, eventually I was getting my period. I wanted a cupcake. I got a cupcake. You had the cupcake. But I think it's important that everybody do this. Like just when you feel, when you're feeling some sort of way and then you immediately need something to connect that with, just stop and ask yourself, be mindful, intentional about whatever you're doing. That's all I'm saying. That's, that's the bottom line. Ask the question. Yes. What is one question that you wish someone would ask you about yourself or your sobriety? You know what one question that I wish someone would ask me? How are you doing, Cassidy? How are you doing? And and you may ask, like, what does that have to do with sobriety? I think we're uh, when we're getting sober, or we're in our you know we're we're, and we're sober and we're maintaining our sobriety. We can come off as the strong pillars for everybody else, or we can we can kind of be looked at as like, oh, you know, there they are, just trying to white knuckle grip it or whatever your family may think of you doesn't matter. But those simple words is how are you feeling today? Not even how are you doing? I retract that statement. How are you feeling today? I wish someone would ask me that. How are you feeling today? Vasavi? God, we should just like send each other those texts every day. Um, (laughs) How am I feeling today? Thank you for asking. I am feeling in this moment, I feel uh, very full very full because I am sharing this story and I know that it's going to help somebody. And I feel very full. There's also part of me that feels, because I have so many of these feelings, I, there's also part of me that's like, am I doing enough? Am I doing enough service? Am I doing enough work? Am I putting more of myself out there? Uh, which I do. I'm, Kim, I reached out to you, you know, to have this yeah, conversation. Yeah, you strike me as somebody who does do a lot. I do do a lot. And so, okay. So the feeling is, I don't don't know if you have a word for this, but it's like adequate. It's like adequacy. Like I don't feel inadequate right now at all, but I wonder, could I be doing more? And that feeling is like a longing maybe like a, Mm. I don't know what the word, but I never quite feel like my work is done, but I'm not like sad about it. It's just more, I feel alive. And then I'm also like, is that enough? Is is there more to it? (laughs) You know, have I done enough? So I don't know if there's a word for that. If you have a word, let me know. But I, I, that's how I'm feeling today. I really like the word longing. Yeah. You know, I, I really do. I think there's something about that that strikes a chord in terms of like a longing of wanting to give. And, and it hurts a little bit, you know, when, yeah. when, when you give of yourself, it's, it's two things, right? Like sometimes it hurts a little bit. But that's what, that's almost fuels why you do it. I think, you know, I thought speaking for myself. So we all just are here muddling through, just trying to do the best that we can. Uh, But I think the longing piece, I get that. I get the longing. So longing it is. I feel full and I'm longing. And to be honest, I'm okay with longing because at least I'm not longing for I want this feeling to go away or I can't be with myself. It's like a longing to be fully self-expressed. 
right? Mm. To be fully out there, to fully be serving at the capacity that I can be serving at. You know what I mean? Because I know what I'm made of. And I know the gifts that have been bestowed upon me and every single one of us have gifts bestowed upon them. And so it's like, when you know that, you, you know, you want to do something with it. You want to, you want to make sure. And so I, I am longing. That's, that's how I'm feeling right now. Well, you are doing something with it. And I am so grateful to know you now. And I thank you so much for joining us. I can't wait to continue to see how your story unfolds. Thank you, Kim. As always, I want to interview you. Drop a line at SobrietyCore on Instagram or visit www.sobrietycore.com to tell your story. That's www.sobrietycorps.com. Look for our next episode in about a week where we get to hear from a human behind an Instagram handle. Until then, be well.